This program is being sponsored by the partners and friends of Keith Butler Ministries. Today on Live Your Faith. And I'm going to make a people out of him. Amen. And that people will be raised for the purpose of saving the whole world. Making salvation available unto them. Amen. They were to be the demonstrators of what happens if you get the Word of God and you do the Word of God. You will be blessed coming in and blessed going out. Welcome to Live Your Faith. I'm Keith Butler. The purpose of this broadcast is to help you be what Jesus said he would like his people to be. Mark chapter 4 verse 20 says, praise God, those that are good ground produce 30, 60, and 100 fold, 3,000, 6,000, 10,000 percent because of Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16 says that the word of God is the power of God. So we're going to teach you how to act on that word, how to defend with the word, and much more as we go right into this telecast in the name of Jesus. I'm stopped at the light. I'm the first one there. And I saw a car right on all the way to the right-hand side, and it ran over something. And whatever it was, went way up in the air. And it started flipping like a boomerang. I saw it. Now, what I'm explaining to you is in slow motion, what took milliseconds. You understand what I'm saying, right? And by the way, if you've ever been in a, in a situation whereby your life was threatened, I've been there several times where you were close to death like that, everything slows down. It really is. It's really true. Everything slows down. It seems like forever you can see what's going on. And what most people do, they freeze. Is what happened, right? That's what I did that day. Okay, And it's... And I see it coming, and I see it coming across the intersection, coming in the traffic, just coming. Wait a minute. This thing is coming my way. And so, you know, I'm froze right there, and then I realize this thing may come through my windshield. And I'm so I'm trying to get out of the seatbelt. Now, I'm one is calm now. Today, I know how to be calm in danger. I, I, I know how to do that. But back then I didn't know. So, 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 so I'm trying to get out of the belt while this thing is coming and it crashed through my windshield and it's stuck in the steering column. It was a piece of metal that long, that thick and it had to weigh 30, 40 pounds. It would have decapitated because it was coming right to my nose. Amen. I said, how, how did it not hit your nose? I believe the angel smacked it. Smacked it in the third steering wheel, amen. And the Lord just had mercy on me that day. And I think I'm here to tell you, I know you ought to praise God today because somewhere in your life, he has had mercy on you. 
You were in the wrong place at the wrong time and you did not listen. You weren't even trying to listen. Amen. At least, at least I heard the Lord. You, you won't even hear him because you don't even spend enough time to find out. Come on, somebody. Now, the Bible says here, praise the Lord, save me that day. So I told you to, uh, where did I tell you to turn? Acts chapter 12, that's where I told you. All right. So in Acts chapter 12, we looked at this last week. We're going to carry on with this a little bit more. Verse 1. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And so his intention was for to do what? He wanted to harm people in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2. And so he didn't kill James, the brother of John, with the sword. And so he was run through with a sword. And he saw that it pleased the Jews because they were the ones who were doing the agitating for him to do this because they didn't have the legal authority to take James' life, but they would have done it. They got to get Herod to do it. Okay, So Herod saw that it pleased them. And so he proceeded then to take Peter also. Okay, this was uh, unleavened. This was uh, Passover time. And when he took him or arrested him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him to after Easter to bring him forth to the people. And Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. Now, if you haven't already underlined this, underline it again. I did it last week, but I want you to see it again. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church under God for him. They prayed without ceasing. And again, not to read the whole text, you saw what happened. The angel of the Lord came and delivered him. Amen. And Peter eventually wound up going to the house where the church was praying, knocking on the door. And when he knocked on the door, a young woman by the name of Rhoda heard his voice, ran back to the back and said, you know, there's Peter, he's out here. And they said, no, nah, here's his angel, it can't be him. Amen. But they're praying, they're praying. In other words, the point I want to make to you is, is that they kept praying until there was an answer. Amen. And this was a specific prayer. Note, this prayer was for Peter, but this prayer was not for James. And things happen to people, amen, because there's no prayer for them. So you need to understand, particularly those of you who call yourself born-again, tongue-talking Christians, you need to understand, you need to instantly obey God. He gets on you, the Spirit falls on you to pray. you got to pray right there. It could be an elevator. Are you listening to me? It might be two, two in a mile, many days the Lord's got me up in the middle of the night, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. You know, I wake up, I'm like, I have you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like but you know it's the Lord. Okay, Lord. Okay. I'm up. What you want me to do? Amen. Praise God. If I don't hear anything, pray then. Time to pray. Well, how long are you going to pray? Till I get a note of victory. Till I got that release. Wherever it was, it's handled now. Sometimes he'll let you know what it was. Sometimes you may not know who or what you were praying for. And who you may have been praying for might have been your own relative. You might have saved your cousin, your uncle, your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother. Who knows? Who knows 
whose life you may have saved because God moves in the earth because someone asked him to do it. You are the ones that have authority in the earth. He gave mankind authority. And so, praise God, until, until, until the time of the new heaven and new earth, amen, men have authority here. That's why, praise God, you can use Jesus' authority, but he can only do that with people who are on the earth. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you need to obey God. You might even be praying for yourself. You might deliver your own self from danger. Now you keep praying, this method with this, is that you keep praying until you have that release. Because sometimes it'd be very heavy. When the Lord gets it, it'd be very heavy. And you just stay with it until, oh, okay, it's gone. It's like, that's when you know, praise God. But you got to get your lazy self out of the bed. All right, Lord, I'll do it in two, three hours. They might be dead by then. Are you listening to me? I guarantee you, praise God, God's, God saved more people than, than 18 who died. In that bowling alley in that other place. Amen. Praise God. One way or the other. And it could be by natural means. He could use somebody to do it. It could be about word of knowledge. It could be by visitation. Hallelujah. It could be God speaking to your spirit. But there are many different ways it can happen. I've told you about a friend of mine, praise God, during 9-11. Business guy. Okay? An economist. He was there to do business. He's in the tower. Amen. One of the towers, forget which one now, it's been a few years. But he was in the tower, praise God. There that morning before the plane struck. Nobody was just a normal day out there. And he said, he's a believer. He's carrying his briefcase. And of course, he's a button-down guy, you know, bow tie, holding, he could bow tie and all that. I mean, he looks the part, you know. And he said, he heard the Lord say to him. He, he said, the Lord said to him one word, run. Now, he had a choice. He could go, what, what, run where, what, 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 run. I might look stupid. Why would I run? He could go there. Or he could do what he did. I had lunch with him after 9-11. He said, this is what happened. He said, the Lord said, run. He said, he picked his bag up and he went to running. He ran out that building. He said he ran out of his shoes. He said he kept running. Then the plane hit. Wham. If he hadn't been in there, he wouldn't be here today. He had two kids and a wife. Deliverance from danger. See, it's the will of God for you to be saved. Tell three people that. It's God's will for you to be safe. But in order for you to be safe, you may have to cooperate with Now, I'm reminded of something that my spiritual father said when I was in Bible school 40 years ago. <laughs> when I was a Bible student, he said something that shocked me, but I never forgot it. He said, the Lord said to him, how many of y'all remember Richard Nixon and Watergate? Some of y'all old enough to remember that. Kids wouldn't know nothing about that. Okay, amen. Back in the 70s, President of the United States, Richard M. Nixon, was caught in a burglary scheme. 
at least his administration was, against their enemies, and he wound up uh, resigning as president of the United States. It was a big thing. People went to jail, all that sort of stuff. Amen. I mean, giving up the president of the United States, just pick. <laughs> he quit. Right? The Lord said to Brother Hagin, I'm holding you responsible for Watergate. What? He said, I'm holding you responsible for Watergate. He said, because what happens in the earth is a result of what the church does or doesn't do. He said, you didn't pray. So this is what happened in your nation. Did you know that you're responsible for what happens in your block and what happens in Detroit and what happens in our nation? You as a believer have been given that much authority because God's waiting to move. He's waiting to move, but he's looking for someone, praise God, that he can operate through. Turn to Isaiah, praise God, chapter 59. Oh, I need three hallelujahs to keep going. In the 59th chapter of Isaiah, we read something that was interesting. Again, not read the whole chapter. You can read that. But this is a time when good is, things that are good are considered bad. And when things that are bad are considered good like now. They're calling what's right wrong. They're calling what's wrong right today. Okay, amen. This is what was happening with Israel at the time. And here's what, this is what the Lord said here in verse 14 and 15, 16. He said, and judgment is turned away backwards. Justice stands afar off. Truth is fallen in the street. Equity can't enter. Yea, truth faileth, sounds like now. And he that departed from evil, the person that departs from evil, makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice or judgment. And he saw that there was no man. And God wondered there was no intercessor. He wondered, in the middle of all this foolishness that was going on, how come there's nobody to stand in the gap? There's nobody to stand in the gap. Okay, amen. Hallelujah. An intercessor is one who stands in the gap between God and man or the situation. And God was looking for somebody, let me get in here to fix this. And said, God wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness it sustained him. The intercessor turned out to be the Lord Jesus. He turned out to be the answer in this particular case. But what, what I'm telling you here is about the fact that God was looking for an intercessor. Now turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. Amen. And guess who that intercessor is? You. You're born again. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You got the word of God, especially if you have been taught under much is given, much is required. There's an expectation for you from God Almighty. Amen. Not just for the so-called intercessors in the church. Not just, well, I'm called to be an intercessor. Everybody's called to be an intercessor. Amen. I'm not denying there's just some people that are more driven to prayer than others. But what I'm saying is every person is called to intercede. Every one of you is called to stand in the gap. Amen. You stand in the gap for the loss. Amen. 
You are God's representatives in the earth, and he expects you to do more than eat, drink, be merry, go to church, have fun, and die. Amen. Praise God. Now, it says here, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. It says, but the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore of sound mind. Watch under prayer. Watch. Watch and pray. Pay attention. Right now, with what's going on in the Middle East, this is not just another skirmish. Anyone who's spiritually developed knows that this is not that. Anybody spiritually developed knows this is big. And this could bring this nation into it. It could bring the whole world into it, into a conflation, a mass of men and women being killed all over the globe. What's God looking for? He's looking for intercessors. Amen. Who are watching and have decided, or oh, it's time to pray. And pray to what extent? Well, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says in verse 17, praise God, pray without ceasing. Don't stop, especially now. You need to pray right now. Amen. You need to pray seriously. Glory to God. Seriously. You need not to leave your house in the morning and you have not prayed. Are you listening to me? The Holy Ghost has been warning you and he's warning you now. He to have the ear to hear what the Spirit says to the church. Why does Israel matter so much? Nation of Israel. Why does it matter so much? First of all, you need to understand the Bible talks about the return of the Lord Jesus. I may have heard that. I mean, you know he's coming again. Amen. But the return of the Lord Jesus is fixed to something, and what is fixed to is a time clock. That time clock, praise God, is based in the Bible, and it's all about what happens in Israel. Not what happens in the United States, but what happens in Israel. See, you must remember, Jesus was a Jew. Everybody you read in the Bible was a Jew. Paul was a Jew. John was a Jew. Peter was a Jew. Andrew was a Jew. Praise God. Old Testament, New Testament, everybody is a Jew. In fact, the whole thing, God decided how he was going to save man after man fell in the garden. Amen. And then, praise God, the earth got wiped out with water and God started over again with Noah. And what did God do? God then decided to choose someone from the three sons of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. He chose Shem. And I'm going to make a people out of him. God, amen. And that people will be raised for the purpose of saving the whole world, making salvation available unto them. Okay, amen. 
They were to be the demonstrators of what happens if you get the word of God and you do the word of God. You will be blessed coming in and blessed going out and blessing the city and blessing the field. Be the strongest and most powerful on earth. Whatever you set your hands to do with prosper, whatever you set your foot upon would be yours. And as long as Israel, those, that's who that was from Shem's line, all the way through Abraham, Genesis 12, 3, he said, I will uh, bless those that bless you and curse you and curse them that curse you. And in you shall all ethnic groups of the earth be blessed. Amen. Why? Because out of that line was going to come the Messiah. The one to save mankind, Yeshua HaMashiach. Praise God. Jesus, the anointed one. Amen. Everything in the Bible is tied, all of it, all of it is tied to that. So what happens to Israel, what's happening around Israel, praise God, absolutely has a direct impact on the entire world. Why Satan repeatedly does everything he can to kill Jews. He wants Jews killed because through them came the Messiah. He wants Jews killed because they were the ones to whom God gave the word of God to first. He hates them. He wants every single one of them dead. And he's done everything he killed, including and can, including now, to kill as many of them as possible. Amen. All of us who are born again Christians, all of us are a result of them. Uh, amen. Jesus came, why? To fulfill all the prophecies through Jewish prophets about him, praise God, in the Torah. Why else is Israel important? Because when Jesus returns, he's going to plant his feet on the Mount of Olives, the Bible said. He's going to go through the Eastern Gate, praise the Lord. And even though the Eastern Gate is now sealed with 16 feet of concrete with a cemetery in front of it, because uh, their opponents think, or Jesus' opponents think, that the, this rabbi would not go through a Jewish synagogue or, or a, a, a cemetery, praise God, because if you do, you're considered to be unclean and you can't enter the temple. Amen. But he said he's going right through there. He's going through the eastern gate, praise God, and he will set up a millennial reign for a thousand years. Now, the final battle, by the way, Armageddon, will be in the Valley of Megiddo in Israel. I've taken people there. Amen. And we'll next year, if we have this, praise the Lord. The Bible says that the nations, all the nations will wage war against her, and then God will show up and defend her at Armageddon. Turn to 2 Thessalonians, praise God, chapter 2, and you read it, verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. God is going to take down, you can read it in the book of Ezekiel, he's going to take down all nations who come against her. At the end of the day, praise God, she is God's chosen. Amen. Now turn to Romans, the 11th chapter. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. 
In the 11th chapter of the book of Romans, some people think that the church came and replaced Israel or, or replaced the Jew with God. Not so. You need the Lord in your life. I don't care what your background is, what's happened in your life. If you come to him, Jesus said, I will not push you away. How do I get born again? The Bible says if you will believe that he is the son of God, believed he carried your sins, died, rose from the grave, and asked him into your life, you'll never be the same. Yes, Lord Jesus, you would say, come into my heart, save me now. I believe you are the savior. You carried my sins. You rose from the grave. You are now my Lord, and you'll never be the same. Live your faith was created to help Christians grow in their faith in God and to become rooted in the Word of God. Our partners and friends are making it possible for us to do so. To thank you, we would like to offer a gift. With a donation of any size, you'll receive this pre-selected book of the month, The Power of Grace, Grace, is your superpower activated? Please visit www.keithbutler.org and click the banner at the top to receive your gift. Glory to God! Hallelujah! I'm here to tell you God's word is true and let every man be a liar. And I don't know about you, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will stand for the Lord. Hallelujah! If nobody else is going to go, we're going to go anyway. If you've been looking for a ministry school that would properly prepare you for the call of God on your life, then prayerfully consider receiving your training through Bishop Butler program. We have trained students all over the world, and they're doing great things for the Lord now, and we would love the opportunity to train you too. The Pistis School of Ministry is a two-year online hybrid program. And what you can expect to receive is an in-depth study of the Word of God and be equipped with the tools that you will need to succeed in ministry. I can honestly say that Pistis is like no other program. So whether you are a local learner or a distance learner, you can expect to receive the same great learning experience. If you would like to receive more information on Pistis or to register for our upcoming school year, email us at info at pistis.cc. Praise God, I trust you're receiving from the ministry. And of course, if you've seen our open, you see that we are all around the world. We're ministering, praise God, across all different sectors, praise God, up here. We're ministering across the United States, and people are receiving, praise the Lord, uh, our ministry one way or the other in over 40 nations. When you decide to become a partner with Keith Butler Ministries, we're doing what Jesus said. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Praise God. And Jesus also told us to take that word, teach all nations, and we are attempting to get it to as many nations as we possibly can. So would you pray about, see if the Lord will have you become a partner with us as we take God's word and, and the teaching of faith to the world. And thank you for it in the name of Jesus.
This program is being sponsored by the partners and friends of Keith Butler Ministries.